a few remarkable things about Harun's first hack. This was early 90s. Uh, we were in matric. We were still learning about a fairly new subject called computer science. And the first thing was the guy sitting next to him, myself included, didn't even realize he was hacking into the program while sitting next to him. Secondly, most of our students didn't realize it was a hack that he had changed something that he wasn't supposed to do. But the most extraordinary thing was the teacher, the guy who was supposed to be the expert on the subject, didn't know how to undo it and was panicking. And Kekau was my nickname, and he, but he knew it couldn't be me. And he just, he was in, in an absolute panic how to get Harun to change it back, which was hilarious. Hola, cyber listeners. This is Lorenzo Franceschi Bicchierai, back for another special episode of our series, My First Hack. Joining me today is Arun Mir. He's a frequent speaker at conferences all over the world, you know, when those were still a thing. And he's also the founder of cybersecurity startup Thinkst Canary, a company that provides an alarm system against hackers. Arun's first hack was made possible by simply manipulating one character on a computer. And sometimes that's how great stories begin. So hi, Arun. Uh, thanks for being on the show. It's always uh, nice to catch up. Uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, so I guess, tell me, what, what was your first hack? What was the story? What was your origin story? <laughs> so I don't know if it quite counts as my origin story. Um, but but I know for sure the first uh, the first thing that I did that would count as a hack was way back in high school. Um, the the school had a bunch of XTs. So for kids who don't know this today, um, computers without hard drives and monochrome screens, um, and they'd all boot up centrally. Um, and and it was pretty early. So so we were almost the second year in our high school that had access to computers. And uh, one of the things that, that I figured out was that all these computers would boot off a central computer. And, and it was really brain dead, uh, brain dead stuff. But uh, effectively, when computers, when the school computers would boot up, they'd set the DOS prompt, um, which is literally just the prompt. It's, it's like your bash prompt, your dollar $P, dollar $G uh, on bash today. And, yeah, it's uh, just like C, C colon. Exactly. Yeah. It would just say the, the C drive and it would point to that. And, and of course, we were in standard eight, which is about as juvenile as it gets. Um, and, and my best friend in school at the time was, uh, someone called Cal, uh, whether he liked it or not. Um, and, and, uh, <laughs> when, when I looked at how the boot, uh, process happened, uh, one of the things that jumped out was a line that read no hard one. Um, and of course, nobody could mess with the, with the configurations of the computers. And, and so on a whim, I tried setting no hard zero. And the first thing it does is it gives you right access, uh, to, to the boot process. And of course, I had nothing better to do. So I changed the command prompt. To actually say Naksu Kao, um, which uh, was the line from Kickboxer. Naksu Kao! Naksu Kao! 
Um, it was supposed to mean brave white warrior, but all I cared about was the fact that it said cow. And, and so what it meant is that every time all the computers in the lab boot up, um, they end up at a prompt that reads Naksu cow. Um, I, I then set it back to uh, right protected and we left. We didn't even think much about it. Um, but it, behind the scenes, it turned out it caused a huge stir. And, and the next time we came back to the lab, uh, I remember the pretty young computer science teacher grabbing my friend and I and saying, you, it seems like the sort of thing you would do. And I know you call him cow. So I've got my eye on you. Um, and yeah, apparently they, they spent a long time trying to, uh, trying to get things fixed. Cause back then, even the teachers didn't really know the setup. Like it was set up once and then they taught basic and Pascal. Um, so yeah, it's probably the first thing, uh, that I remember was defacing the prompt in the school computer lab. And so you changed it to Naksukao, which was the, from the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, right? Exactly. From Kickboxer. Was this, was this the, like, did you immediately think about this or was there some sort of other prank that you thought about? Like, how did you settle on this uh, movie? No, no. So, so it was, uh, like I say, it was super juvenile and it wasn't uh, super hacky either. It was, uh, he was cow. I wanted to write cow. And I think at the time we just said Naksu cow a lot. Um, yeah. So, so there's an interesting thing, which is like, so I'm from South Africa and, and while we got computer access, we didn't get internet access till much later. So even the hacks that I did later on, we didn't quite know were hacks. Like, like, uh, I did a lot of, uh, binary editing because PC tools had a hex edit mode. But like, I didn't know what that was till much later. Again, I was just doing brain dead stuff, which is like, there's a Spider-Man game. And if you search for a string where it says, watch out Spidey, you could make it say, watch out Harun. And as long as you match string lengths, uh, the game would now say, watch out Harun. And 15 mm -hmm. year old me thought it was super cool. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think we had a long time to do a uh, very remedial stuff and just chuckle to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what did uh, your friend Cow think of all this? Like, was he there when you when you hacked him, or how did he find yeah. out? Yeah, so so he was with me, and and of course it was kind of funny because the teacher semi blamed him when clearly he was a a, a victim in all of this. Um, and uh, I told him recently that uh, that 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 I was talking to you about the story, and of course uh, he remembers the pain of the incident. And is now worried that that's the thing he'll be famous for. Um, so so I, I think that's pretty great. After all these years, the legend of Carl lives again. Is, is he also a hacker or cybersecurity? In cybersecurity? No, no. Uh, he, he didn't go into uh, computers at all. In fact, for years, he thought it was really funny. So, so he's still a good friend of mine. And for years, he thought it was very funny telling people that I was actually a, a rent-a-cop. Uh, who who worked uh, at the university computer facility? So so yeah, this is this is the perfect uh, the perfect payback for him. Yeah, it's clear that you had a good uh, pranking relationship between. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it it was great. So so tell me, like you said that the teacher immediately 
well obviously you didn't really uh you know you used the, his uh, nickname so it seems like your upsec wasn't as good back then um <laughs> but what what actually yeah what happened to you guys after the teacher got there? uh no so 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 the teacher actually banned us from uh, what he called computer privileges um and for a little while so so he used to let me do pretty much anything in the in the computer science lab and and we used to use it for really stupid stuff so uh, actually the same friend and I I had written a, a tiny program to track who scored more goals and and it was completely stupid because you'd have to enter the goals and then it would just keep track and say that cow is ahead or I was ahead and and all of that stuff was just playing with uh, Turbo Pascal early on. But when that incident happened, he literally said, okay, no more computer privileges for you. And so for a few days, it meant that we couldn't go to the computer lab and instead we played soccer, which wasn't such a bad trade-off uh, for young me. Yeah, probably your parents were happy about it. <laughs> my, my parents probably didn't know any of this. so <laughs> so So I think, yeah, thank heavens for that. That's good. That's good. And so I guess that you like, would you say that this was the first time that you understood like privilege, like admin privileges or, you know, it, privilege it, escalation? In, in truth, I didn't even think about it like that. Like, uh, like it was only when you asked me, like, what was your first hack? Like I had to think back about actual mm -hmm. hacks and then thought, yeah, actually that would count. And, and it was an incident, but, but I probably like, I never thought about that. Uh, almost until you you asked me and mm -hmm. and I tried to think back. So so it would it would be a nice story to say uh, after that everything just switched on. But now like back then it was just a it was just cool uh, find outering and it was fun. I guess maybe you had the hacker instinct in you already. <laughs> Certainly had the criminal energy. So so what happened? Uh, so how did you you know how did you go from there to you know, actually yeah. getting into InfoSec and cybersecurity. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I kind of dipped in and out. So so that was high school. Um, I went to university then for computer, and and I was really lucky in in uh, high school. Like at that stage, because uh, I had an uncle with a computer. Um, so Windows three had just come out. Um, he was a doctor and he bought a computer but didn't know what to do with it. Um, and uh, like as terribly geeky as it sounds, like we were doing Pascal in school. So I took Turbo Pascal home and and like um, with no, uh, no attempt to sound smarter than I was, like literally I would compile the sample files, um, see what they did and then like fit them into some usage. Like, oh, it draws triangles. Oh, we can do color on on his screen and and so i spent a lot of time just doing uh like pascal figuring out mm -hmm. um and and so it meant that i was like pretty ahead of the rest of the class at least for programming like not for the rest of the stuff because i was a pretty bad student uh in general um and then i went to university to do computer science um and got kicked out in first year for missing a whole bunch of my classes and playing pool um, and, uh, when I got kicked out at university, instead of telling my folks that I actually got kicked out because I missed all of the tests I needed to qualify for my exams, 
um, I told him uh, I got a job at the university working in the computer lab. And uh, like that worked out great because like it was a part time job in the student labs and then a full time job. And then I went down to work in their networking department. And it was super early because uh, like Netscape was still mosaic and people were just discovering the Internet and networking like Novell Netware was the hotness. And, mm. and because I joined the university working in the networking department, like I just had all those systems to play on. Like there were tons of Unix systems. So like I got to play on a HP Ux box and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but, but it meant that like I got to play on all of those systems. And, and so I worked at the university for like 10 years. They then paid for my degree. So, so I did computers and psychology and law and English and a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, and yeah, it was great. Like, like at that point, I just got to play with everything and learn everything for, for about 10 years till I took a full-time security gig uh, at, a, at a young pen test company. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So you were, so I guess you were one of those that started as a system administrator and yeah. learned, uh, you know, learned InfoSec and all that stuff from, from actually, yeah. you know, hands-on experience, I guess. Yeah. So, so, uh, like the, the job was pretty open and, and the, the way it worked out at the time I, I got there, like the previous Unix administrator had left. And so nobody actually knew how to administer DNS or NNTP, like, like the new system. And like I was, cocky and I would spend nights just fiddling with stuff that I didn't know. So like I got to admin Unix systems just by default, like nobody else knew what to do. Um, so, so like literally that, that like when I discovered the internet, I would, uh, spend all day on campus, I'd go home to eat and then I'd come back to campus. And, and uh, again, like I want to be very clear, not doing smart stuff but just like figuring stuff out, like just writing the most remedial web pages. And then I discovered Perl and started writing really simple uh, web apps. And then I discovered networking and started writing uh, network apps. And uh, then like the network, uh, the campus firewall was was almost an any, any except firewall, but they did have this, uh, what later became Checkpoint Firewall 1 on this beautiful mm. uh, sun machine that nobody would touch. And so I was like, sure, I'll, I'll admin that. Um, and so I started playing with the firewall. And, and around the time, like, uh, good files started coming out, like the loft head, black crawl arch. And, mm. and when I was in high school, like, you'd occasionally... Sorry, is that, is so, that yeah. a, it, it was that like a... Pen testing oh, tool or 
Oh no no so so the loft used to actually pu- uh, publish their documents under mm-hmm. a black crawl arch so so like you'd go there and read a bunch of files and and you'd see the stuff that the loft mm-hmm. were doing We're joined today by the seven members of the loft uh, hacker think tank in Cambridge Massachusetts they'll be using their hacker names of Mudge Weld Brian Oblivion Kingpin Space Rogue Tan and Stefan, we appreciate your coming here, especially in light of the fact that the Washington Post described you as rock stars of the computer hacking elite. And and of course, so in high school, if if like you saw computers and you could program a little, the only exposure to hacking was stuff you see on TV. And it kind of didn't work in South Africa because we didn't have connected networks. We didn't have modems yet, or certainly I didn't. And even if you occasionally, like if something made it on TV where you'd see phone freaks, like Mm. if we tried it, like we didn't have, like we had pulse dialing, not tone dialing. So like you'd see this stuff on TV, but it didn't really work for you. And uh, when I came to university and started uh, playing on the networks, that's the first time you get exposed to computers like it is in the movies. Like now you can connect to other systems and now you can actually uh, use all of the super remedial R-host tricks or UUCP tricks to to start compromising machines. And, And again, like I say, I was super lucky because I just had this huge, huge campus network uh that I could do whatever I wanted on. And uh, yeah, I, I started fiddling with all of it. So di- did you cause any trouble while you were administrator <laughs> or were, or did you witness any trouble? Like, did you? Uh, yeah, there, there were a few interesting things. So so one was, and, and this is another stupid story that, that's actually interesting uh, only in retrospect. When I used to go to campus and I was just learning stuff, uh, I remember there were lots of kids who used to play multi-user Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And and uh, <laughs> one of the guys who I used to go to campus with, someone I used to play football with, while while I was fiddling, he would just IRC on, on one of my Unix terminals. And, and I remember him starting a fight that became quite a big deal on campus. And then they had questions about whether students should be employed or not. Um, but, but like, it actually wasn't me, it was him. Um, and, and as I learned more security stuff, um, I started joining more of the IRC network. So I joined Fnet, like you'd play on hash hack, but I was also much more, uh, cautious than most. So, so like in, like I'd, I'd see everyone and everyone would be using, uh, BitchX for, for IRC, which was this old, uh, Nick's, uh, uh, IRC client that was command line. Yeah, like a chat client. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and so like, uh, the, in, in their words, like the noobs would use Windows and like the hardcore would be using, uh, BitX or scrolls on, on BSD or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and my default would be like, I see everyone say that. But in truth, I don't know why they say that. Like, like one of the first things I did was get my MCSE. And so like, I thought Windows NT was pretty cool. And, and, uh, you'd see all these hacker groups say like, well, Windows is lame and, uh, Unix is not. And my default was, well, I don't know why. 
and and then I'd spend a long time uh like immersing myself in that thing till till I could speak relatively authoritatively on it mm-hmm. and yeah like like for a few years I ended up just doing that but for everything like mm-hmm. like everything I could get my hands on uh and at some point made my way to to the hash hack groups the security groups and at that time like I'd built up decent competence like I had uh Microsoft skills I had Novell Netware skills I had decent uh Unix skills I had decent programming skills and and you found that much of the bluster that guys were speaking wasn't actually backed up by any reasonable mm-hmm. skills um and and in part it's because I I didn't have zero day access to all the the hardcore groups but but certainly you start to find people who actually have skill and people who actually are doing stuff and then you kind of do stuff with them um and uh, to almost complete the circle in in 2001 or 2000 there was this famous uh IIS exploit uh there was a string of them that was due to bad unicode handling and bad uh decoding which effectively allowed you to run a command on IIS just by sending it a a get request a well formed get request and uh in Pretoria so i was still in durban uh but but about 600 kilometers away uh, a young company had just started called sensepost a security testing company and and their cto joined one of the channels uh and was talking about this uh exploit and it just so happened that i had written uh one of the early tests for that uh for that exploit and so we exchanged notes and uh he told me they were starting this company and shortly after that i left the university and kzn to go up and start working at sensepost with that guy um and that's pretty much uh what i did for the next 10 years was we broke into networks and applications and mm-hmm. did black hat defcon talks as sensepost mm-hmm. and iis was oh uh, microsoft's web server so mm-hmm. internet uh, information server so so that was the like like at that time the two big serv- web servers were either apache or microsoft iis and and so that exploit uh like like in hindsight was it, it was super simple minded essentially uh, if you imagine uh, you could send a request to microsoft's web server but if you just dressed up the dot and the slash you could make a request outside of uh its restricted web route so you could tell it hey run cmd.exe and it would run it and and mm. for a while like like for a good four years just about any pen test you went on you were almost guaranteed to compromise stuff using that attack and and so as a young pen test company we built a bunch of tools around that exploit so allow you to automatically upload files to the web server allow you to do tcp redirection uh, much of the what today counts as post exploitation stuff um earlier in the 2001 2002 we basically built around that uh uh microsoft iis hack so i guess 
So I guess just like your first hack in high school, just a few different characters <laughs> were, were enough to hack in, right? To break in. Yeah. yeah, I guess the story of my life is uh, it shouldn't be that simple, but it totally is. Sometimes, sometimes it is, I guess, you know, like, uh, I think that's yeah. one of the, I mean, obviously InfoSec has, is much more complex now than it was 20 or 30 years ago. And it was complex at the time then as well. But I think, uh, I think people often forget that sometimes it's just, uh, the bugs are relatively simple right? and yeah. And it's just a matter of, um, being curious and, uh, learn and find them. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much. This was a uh, very illuminating, and I think it's, <laughs> I think it's. Um, I'm starting to see a, a trend uh, talking to people uh, for this podcast that, you know, at the end of the day, and as much as a, as much as this sounds like a cliche, hacking is just learning uh, on your own and trying new things and seeing what happens. Yeah, I think that hits the nail on the head. It's just uh, endless capacity for. If I do this, it does that. Uh, yeah, and and just learning to love the pain and and love the joy that comes after that. Well, thank you so much, Arun. I appreciate it. <laughs> Always welcome. Thanks so much. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.